Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Timmy Gibson here with you for the Timmy Gibson Show. And in studio, I have Luke Winger, like the band from when I was in high school. <laughs> Winger, that's what's that song? She's only 17. She's only 17. <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite songs, actually. Wow. This was fate. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. So, uh, Luke, for all those that are listening, what is it that you do? So... I just I just do my best, Timmy. <laughs> Besides being a part of the Chippendales dance team, <laughs> what else do you do, Luke? <laughs> um, so right now I'm a I'm a clinical laboratory scientist at Eurofins Viracore. I'm part of the biopharma team. So what we do is we receive samples from uh, pharmaceutical companies who are testing a product or they're t testing their vaccine. And they need to have someone who has very specialized testing to make sure their product or their vaccine is working. And so that's what our job is. Okay, very cool. So is COVID fake? No, <laughs> <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it There's in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny. We, we were talking off mic just when you were telling me all the stuff that mm -hmm. you did. Um, I... I mentioned that, you know, there's been this recent investigation into the, mm -hmm. to the Wuhan lab and, you know, they're, 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 I mean, there's nothing, nothing's been confirmed or anything, but that right. they are at least investigating the possibility right. that the COVID uh, virus or the coronavirus was actually manufactured in the lab and mm. got out through other means besides whatever the bats or whatever it was that they initially mm -hmm. said. Anyway, I thought that was kind of fascinating. Uh, who knows where that investigation right. will go and what will be found yeah. out, but I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it is because, I mean, right now I'm not convinced that that's the case at all, but from what I know about viruses, being able to go from an animal and be transmissible to a human, that actually takes a huge evolutionary leap. Like being, because viruses are extremely <clears throat> specific with their targets. It's why um, viruses specific to insects are harmless to us because they have a very specific receptor, very specific type of cell they like to go into. That they, it's like a lock and key gotcha. mechanism. And so, for being able to go from a bat to a human, I'm not a, a coronavirus researcher at all. I have sure just some virology knowledge but it's it is a very interesting mechanism yeah how that would how that would happen yeah yeah that's crazy yeah um but that's not what i want to talk about today <laughs> i could go on you, yeah i know and i could too i yeah. i you know science has been a big part of my journey um coming from you know an evangelical background very religious mm -hmm. science was looked at as anti-god frankly and and the more that I began to understand what science is or was, you know, back then, I came to understand that no, science isn't, it's not a religion. It's, it's a, it's a mode of discovery. You probably have a better definition. What, what, what is science? What is science? So I always think of science as a tool to understand our world. To understand what is true and what is. Right, right. And what's funny is like people think, oh, no, science was wrong. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the point. Science is supposed to constantly be proving itself wrong when more data comes in. Right. Um, 
So that's actually a positive aspect because it doesn't just get locked in on like one specific answer. Like this is the truth. This is it. It's more like, no, right now with our current level of evidence or the current level of data, this is the best understanding we have. This is the best explanation we have for now until more data comes in yeah. to prove ourselves wrong later. I mean, that's what I did in grad school was constantly prove myself wrong. Like, nope, that's not the case. That's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a the best tool we have to understand the truth. Yeah. And what, at this point, so for you, mm -hmm. what's, what's kind of been your spiritual journey? Um, cause I know we've talked about that, but no one here knows about you as much as I do. <laughs> um, but give, give me a little bit of background, kind of your, your spiritual journey, religious journey, kind of where you grew up and where you are now. <clears throat> so I grew up Methodist and the best way I can explain it is like, we believe in potlucks. <laughs> so it was a very, it was a very community centered, um, and which is I, the best part of church, I yeah, think. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I grew up in a very rural can Kansas town up in northeast Kansas called Powhatan. Less than fewer than a hundred people lived in that town. <laughs> so I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one has. Um, but it was I grew up Methodist simply because my parents were, and right. that's just where they took me. And I just, you know, went to Bible school and I never really had any awful negative experiences like i was it was never like shoved down my throat and it was never like i was never had guilt put on me because of religion great. so i never like really had a negative connotation with it so i was methodist up until i left for college and then i did you know some christian non-denominational groups since then and and then like I said before, it wasn't really negative. It just kind of petered out a little bit. Like yeah. I just got in my own life and just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I didn't really, it wasn't really at priority, I guess. I never really sure. thought too much about it. So it was a lot of just going along with what my parents were doing. Yeah. But where I'm at now is like, I can't not believe in something in, yeah. in, in Jesus right now. And I'm, not going to try to convince anyone sure. that he's the true way or whatnot, but that's just what I believe right now. Right. So that's so, where I stand. So I'm curious on your journey, um, as, as a scientist, mm -hmm. where has there been the, how do I say this? So with me, so the more that I understood science, the more, again, I was raised way more strict and narrow-minded, mm -hmm. more conservative, you know, that the earth is 7,000 years old and Adam and Eve were the first two humans. You know, I was very literalist. Right. So clearly science was really throwing a, <laughs> a, a wrench into my right. belief system, right? You know, that dinosaurs were put here by the devil and they aren't real. And, I mean, you know, I mean, you really get serious. Carbon dating's the devil. Yes, like literally, like, you know, carbon dating's not real. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so for you being raised Methodist, which I always joke is like Catholic light, it's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a lot more open and I feel like, I would assume that you believe in evolution or do you more of a creationist or I, I do believe in evolution. I think that's, I think we all have share a common, common ancestor. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the genetic sequences, you can find um, basically the same protein that has similar functions, even like down to bacterial levels. Wow. I hear the, the, the that all of like, 
the trees, the everything were really similar. I, I think I heard that somewhere, but especially the animals. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're what only two percent different than the chimpanzees, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, very similar, which is crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, that's very interesting. See, what's interesting about that is that chimpanzees and us we share like a lot of the same genes. Like it's literally the same. But the main difference is, is if you think of each gene as like a volume switch in between chimps and between us, the volume is down on some genes in chimps and way different on us. Like it could be volume is way up on us instead. And those are what like the differences are. Wow. I mean, yeah, the thing about only 2%. Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was like, is that true? <laughs> is that I looked it up and it I was, yeah, it's true. That's crazy. Like I, I, you know, with, you know, I share this with you. Like, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm a believer in science. Um, but then on the flip side, I believe in God, you know, and I believe that Jesus existed. Mm-hmm. Now what I actually believe about Jesus and who he was, that might, you know, that's yeah. up for interpretation. You know, I'm very, very open about it. Right. In other words, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe not. I don't know. But, um, but you know, but I do, do, I do. It's, I think as much as I understand about science, science goes to a certain point and then they admit, I mean, it's not like they don't admit this, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's, that's the mystery. Like we don't know where consciousness comes from, you know, mm. is it, is it really come from the brain? Can you shut consciousness off somehow? Or, you know, it, like, what is it? Like, what is it that is aware right now that I'm talking, you know, there's, there's almost like this something else that's aware that I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you and, and all this stuff. And so is that, you know, what is that? Right. Is, are we spirit, soul, and body, or are mm. we just, are we just us? And this conscious, I mean, I, I'm mumbling now, but it's like that magical part for me, or that mystical part or mystery. When you add God in there for me, it's like, okay. But without that, it's like, where the fuck did that come from? You know what I mean? It's like, like what happened? how the fuck did like, what did. So th- that question is way over my head right now, but it is fun to think about. Um, like, yeah, how are we even aware that we're speaking to each right. other? You know, it's it's funny, like neuroscience is the study of the brain trying to understand itself, which is fascinating. Yeah. But as far as yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's the joy. That's what science is. It's like literally just taking a flashlight, shining a light in the dark, just trying to figure out one little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The. um the the uh, for me personally mm-hmm. again in my little brain it it would take too much faith i don't have enough faith to believe that there is no god like it to me to be an atheist and one of my i have good friends that are atheists i mean god bless them i don't you know um i have no opinion on whether that's right or wrong i i'm just neutral about it uh but when i think about it for myself i'm like yeah no i I have a certainty, not that this makes it true, but I have this certainty within me. That's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't resonate with all the Christian doctrine all the way. Yeah. But to say that there's no God and all this just came out of nothing. Like I just like that. I just can't like, that's my brain can't wrap around that, but it can wrap around evolution, but it, 
I get, but what my brain really wraps around is that God was involved, you know, that, and, and again, I don't believe in necessarily a personal God, like the Bible God per se, but I believe whatever that truth is, does that make sense? In other words, I can think certain things about God or think he's a certain way or she's a certain way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Everybody has those thoughts. What I'm in search of in my life, and maybe it'll never be found, but what is, who is, or that, that the real God, like not what I've been told, not what I read, but what is this God really like? Like somewhere between God does everything. Don't believe science and science is God. We're all just here for no reason as a, has happened since it's like somewhere in the middle Yes, is, and I'm, and I'm more inclined to lean that way as well. Cause I know there are a number of famous scientists who have faith as well. Like I know the um, director of the NIH, he's a Christian as well. And he's responsible for the biggest federally funded organization that supplies research funding to all the labs in the nation. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not satisfying enough for me either. And, and that's just my own personal preference. Like, yeah, we it's more than just like, we can't, we got to be more than just the equivalent of the universe leaving yogurt out too long and right. spoiling, you know? <laughs> and that's where we came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a question just because of the world that you you're mm-hmm. in. Uh, as you know, during COVID, there were so many before COVID, there were conspiracy theories out the wazoo. Right. I think what happened during COVID, at least in my perception, is that people had more time on their hands to to look into these conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And there's some fucking nutty ass conspiracy theories out there. So I'm curious with you being in the world that you're in, you know, because I'm not an anti-vaxxer person, mm-hmm. but I I'm not getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I've made the decision. I don't want to, but it's not because I don't think there's a fucking chip in there. That's right. how I can be tracked and located. Like, so, you know, like, <laughs> like that's a conspiracy theory. Um, and I don't think it's secretly going to make everybody impotent or, <laughs> or, or, uh, not fertile. I mean, you know, all the different conspiracy theories out yeah. there though. I mean, there have been people who've gotten really sick. You mm-hmm. know, my, my grandma got the shot and wound up in the hospital. Right. So, I mean, you know, not everybody responds the same. Um, and so how safe are vaccines? And, and I mean, and maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm in your world, but I mean, mm-hmm. you deal with certain things within your, your, mm-hmm. That there could be a jump over. I mean, you know right. way more than I do. <laughs> uh, so I guess first question, have you been vaccinated? Yes, I've how, been vaccinated. How'd you do on it? I did fine. I mean, the first time I got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, it felt like someone punched my arm. And then after the second dose, it felt like someone punched it again. Yeah. And I just felt really tired. But by the next day I was back to normal. And you've always had that third arm growing out of your- <laughs> <laughs> support Microsoft with the <laughs> so uh so you did good on both shots mm-hmm. um yeah what's your what's your what is your thought on vaccines I'm just curious because like I said I'm not an anti-vaxxer right right but I am one of those I'm a you know I believe it's my choice it's, I can yeah choose. I agree I completely understand your hesitancy as well like 
there's a lot of cases where, and I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. If you don't want to get the vaccine, yeah. that's up to you. Yeah. I'm not here to get on my soapbox about it. But one thing that I know that people makes that uncomfortable is that how quickly it was approved. Yeah. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize about getting anything approved is it takes a long time, like at least 10 years or, or more, uh, depending on whatever's being approved. And in this case, we're like, the scientists were able to work on the vaccine, whereas instead of having to sequentially generate their data, then get it approved, they're able to do get the approval process started, at least, side by side. So while they were doing it, so by the time they were able to finish with their clinical trials, they didn't have to wait so long to send their data, have people look it over, and so on and so forth to get it approved. So it was just basically a more... They streamlined, streamlined it. Is yeah. this the, the exact same process? The exact same safety checkpoints were looked at. The exact same um, regulatory processes were in place. It was just more organized and more efficient, more streamlined. Because the government is not known for its efficiency right. and streamlined things. But during this time, since we really needed vaccines, they're able to streamline that. And I actually had the privilege of being the lab that tested all of Moderna's vaccines as well oh really yeah so that 94 percent efficacy was a hundred percent from the lab we worked at so it was like me oh, and that's cool so it was like me and like a dozen other scientists coming in at 6 a.m getting through thirty thousand samples from moderna's clinical trial so the way a clinical trial is actually set up is they have the a group that gets the vaccine and a group that doesn't. And then they compare, then they send them off into the world and compare who gets COVID, who doesn't. And <clears throat> of all the, and at, after the vaccine was done or after the trial was done, they found that the people who did not get the vaccine had far more cases of COVID than the ones who did, I think. And there were zero hospitalizations, zero deaths with the vaccine case, whereas there were hospitalizations and there were deaths in the placebo group in the Moderna trial. Oh. So when you hear the 94% efficacy, it doesn't necessarily mean that 6% of the people got COVID. Right. It basically means your chances of getting COVID are now 94% less. Oh, very cool. So that's like, that, so that's a common misconception yeah. as well. Um, Obviously, there's like there's no chip in there. Like, how would you how would you even get a chip in a in a syringe? Dude, I think so. I had someone tell me the other day that they put they put a magnet on their arm, and I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, maybe God. then wash your arm. And I think conspiracies are basically people's attempt at reducing a very complicated problem and reducing it and simplifying it, and. And for the people who did get hospitalized, who did get this severe reaction, those people have already had a history of having reactivity to the vaccine. Because if you feel all these symptoms, that means your immune system is actually turning on and it's a good thing. Right. That you're that you're feeling, you know, a little achy or a little feverish and whatnot. Yeah. So take the day off and enjoy your 
neutralizing antibodies. (laughs) (laughs) So here's something I don't understand. And maybe you, you do know this RNA. So what, what, what What is explain that? Yeah. Explain that. So RNA. So the, so Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are RNA based viruses. So the central dogma of genetics is that each person has DNA and that DNA is then turned into RNA and to put well, the DNA isn't itself turned into RNA, but D, it's like having the DNA has all the instructions to make a protein, but it can't do it itself. So what it does is it writes out the instructions in the form of RNA. And then the RNA goes from the nucleus, basically the, the brain quotes brain of the cell out into the cytoplasm to the protein factory. And with the RNA, it's just a set of instructions telling the cell what type of protein it needs to make. That's actually unbelievable, isn't it? So I, it's a, it's a, the whole story behind it is incredible. Like it's a, it's a modern day marvel. Like, right. Yeah. And it's like unbelievable. So basically you can basically give cells instructions. Oh, here's how to make one little tiny part. Like a of, software of the, on your computer. Kind of. Yeah. Like that. So if you think of the virus as like this, as a person, and the vaccine is basically teaching yourselves, okay, here's instructions on how to make a finger of this person. So the vaccine, the immune system sees this finger. It's like, all right, if you see this finger, that's a threat. And anything attached to this finger, annihilate. So what happens is like the immune system produces based the instructions received from the vaccine produces this little harmless finger, presents it to its buddies and said, kill the finger. And then that way, when the person comes in, the COVID virus, your immune system is able to recognize, aha, kill this guy, annihilate it. And that's basically just how it works. That's awesome. So is that part and parcel to our natural immune system when we talk about antibodies? Yes. Is that, is that kind of the same? Yeah, so it's all part of the same process. So when with the antibodies, those are basically the vehicles. Think of it like the ammunition in your immune system. So the antibodies are like these um, components that these magnets that stick to whatever they're specific to. So if the that's a good way of putting this. It's like if the COVID vaccine, so the spike protein you've probably heard a lot about, that's what's that's what the instructions are entailing. All these antibodies are specific and target this spike protein and gum it up and prevent that spike protein from interacting with cells and preventing it from entering the cell and infecting you. Okay. And then they're able to destroy the virus and your body clears it without actually being infected. Yeah. So it's just like, having training assassins in your body to recognize a specific target. So crazy. And and then you're like, all right, give it's arm these assassins with antibodies. So that's the weapon that they use to kill the virus. virus. So uh, yeah. And that weapon is only specific to COVID. It won't work against your own cells. It won't work against other viruses. It won't work against bacteria. It's specifically for specifically for the coronavirus spike protein. That's wild. Yeah. yeah, I find I find it fascinating. I I, I uh, you know I've heard all the conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. 
And I'll be honest that, you know, some, they itch your ear, you know, you're like, Ooh, I wonder if that, it like, could be true. 5G might <laughs> just be what's going on. Burn the towers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I think leads, here's why I think conspiracy mm -hmm. theories can thrive. One, well, I think there's a lot of reasons, but one reason is, you know, clearly the government doesn't tell us everything and isn't very clear that's fair and forthright you know what i mean like so mm -hmm. there's there are certain i mean there are certain things that make it make it suspicious mm -hmm. <laughs> you know <Right>. what i mean <laughs> like they, they're not helping they're not helping by you know you should wear masks no you don't need masks right. no, it's all the mixed you know all the mixed messages right. and then the secret emails that they're going through right now of yeah. fashi or whatever the, like all the stuff that's going on it's just like golly man there's so much shadiness out there i can see why people would get skeptical like, that doesn't sound right but i don't know enough to disprove it right right <laughs> right so like with the whole oh they're trying to hide all these side effects well they haven't though like they every single side effect you've heard about like out of the millions of people who got the johnson and johnson the the eight people who had strokes we knew about it. Like you'd think they'd want to hide that, right? If they were trying to hide anything, right? You know, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, if anything, it, the during COVID, being exposed to all that, mm -hmm. yeah, and I just was shocked at some of my friends, like people that I mm -hmm. know. I say friends loosely, but people I know that bought in you know like bought into like some crazy conspiracy theories like oh it sure is convenient that they didn't announce the vi vaccine results until around the election and i'm just like well i was there the data wasn't ready yet <laughs> 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 oh but but trump and biden no the we weren't ready <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i i uh I can see how that stuff can happen. I understand. I've always well. been yeah. a seeker of truth though. And I, I really do believe with all my heart, the, that Bible verse that the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. I think, which has been part of the journey that I've been on personally of, you know, hearing about 5g and tracking devices mm -hmm. and the vaccine and you know, all the things that everybody's probably heard about and to really look at that and do some research and then just go, yeah, no, like, no, no, that's cuckoo town. You know, <laughs> that's cuckoo town. Um, but you know, it's like the Snowden, you know, it's like, that was a conspiracy theory that the government was listening on every call and they could, and, it's, it. true. and yeah. it's true, you know? So I think that's another thing that makes people suspicious of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's an old movie. It <laughs> probably mm -hmm. came out when you were born. Uh, it's called enemy of the state with Will Smith. If you haven't seen it, you got to see okay. it because it's so apropos to even today. It's a great movie, but um, this guy was super skittish that the government was watching his every move, right? And, you know, street cameras and all these different, he was being watched and satellites were tapping into his phones. And so he was very suspicious and seemed like he was cuckoo, right? He seemed like he was crazy. Well, at the end of the day, he wasn't crazy mm -hmm. and the government was spying yeah, right. and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, ah, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so I think that that can also lend to people go, see, <laughs> right. see, it's like, I'm just going to turn off my phone and never interact with anyone again. Just in case. Right. Well, the thing is like with 
basically the biggest conspiracy spreader, Alex Jones. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Like listening to him, <laughs> like I've listened to him, like on the Joe Rogan podcast and like, you can jump in at any moment. And it's just like, this guy is, this is entertaining just yeah. seeing him go off. But if you get one thing, right? Like when he was talking about how, um, the government was doing STD experiments on prisoners, which they actually yeah. were. Yeah. Like you get, you know, one thing, right. And then, after that, instantly, I'm validated for everything I say isn't then true. So it's just that one, one thing you end up getting true. It's like, oh, I can now say whatever I want, and everyone right. will believe me, and I know that I know the truth. And right. Well, and there's something about that. I mean, that's true. I don't know what that what that's called. What there's a, probably a term for it, but it's the same as like in the church, right? Like if I prayed for you know I prayed for a hundred people. But one of them, their headache went away when I prayed for him. Right. Well, that's the one I'm going to focus on. That's the one. I'm, that's the right. It's like all of a sudden now I am a miracle worker, mm. and you know, or whatever. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but 99 of everybody that I prayed for, their headache yeah. was still there. But that one person, and again, I understand the placebo effect. I mean, I understand. I believe. You know, it's weird. I, I go back and forth. Right. I believe in a divine healing in the sense of not that it's necessarily God doing it, but I believe that, that, you know, we, that right thoughts and right emotions it, it mm. is chemical reactions in your body that right. if you're full of fear and, and bitterness and resentment and, and hate like that can fucking fuck you up, like right. in your body, like give you diseases. Mm. So there is actually a biological mechanism for that. Yeah. So if you've ever heard of epigenetics, I have. Yeah. So it's basically any change to your genome that doesn't involve directly altering the genetic code. So their process is called methylation and acetylation. Basically fancy words that mean you can turn genes on and off without By thought alone. With So by thought alone, it doesn't like something like I'm just going to I'm just going to think real hard right now and I'm going to turn myself six foot five and be an NBA star. You if know? that worked, I would already done right. it. <laughs> exactly. It's more like the accumulation of, you know, what you put into your body. Like like you mentioned before, you have a very stress free life. A lot of people who like are constantly like missing deadlines or like, oh, like constantly like working. 10, 12 hours a day for a long period of time, not sleeping, all those biological insults add up to cause catastrophic heart problems, weight problems, even emotional weight, like relationship problems with people as well. And a lot of times people, they don't look at the root of these problems. They look to these, find these solutions, like take this prescription, take this drug, and definitely not a knock to people who get these drugs prescribed sure. by a doctor. But at that point, the solution is the problem. You're not actually addressing the issue of like, why am I in a, a constant state of stress? Like what's causing the stress right. you don't, there's this, there's this analogy of there are these two fish. One is in like dirty mucky water and is diseased and one fish that isn't. You can give one fish the, in the diseased water, the right prescriptions, the right drugs to help treat it, but you're not actually addressing the root of the problem. What yeah. about if you just clean the water? 
actually get to the root of it. Right. And because otherwise you lead to constant solutions, which just increase your suffering. Right. Wow. See, that's, I love that stuff because I have been a, a big believer in the best thing I can do for myself health wise mm-hmm. is to, you know, eat right, of course, exercise. I mean, there's those things, but that element, that epigenetics, that, you know, uh, maintaining a, a love, a thought of love, happiness and joy. And you know what I mean? Like not allowing bitterness and hate and revenge and those exactly. things. I just think, like you said, over time, they're just poison. It, I really, I really just believe that those things are poison. And so I just don't, I try not to let myself live in a state of perpetual, you know, fear or anger or stress or anything. If I'm, if I'm feeling stressed, I really try to deal with whatever's making me feel stressed so that I can not feel that way. Exactly. You know, you know, my thing, I'm going to live to 150 minimum. Mm. And that, you know, I, I say it enough that everybody knows this, but I'm like not being funny. Like, it's not a joke. I'm, I have all intentions of doing it. Right. Um, but if, if that's not possible, I'm definitely going to live to at least a hundred, but be healthy. Right. And there's, and one thing I really appreciate about you and your story is that when you were going through one of the darkest times of your life, and you've mentioned this before on your previous podcasts, you really, really fought to get to the root of what the issues were, what the problems were. You didn't go out and try to find, you know, Xanax and try to like numb it or, or whatnot. Like you actually figured out what the actual root is. And as a result, like you're perfect evidence of the peace that comes from that. Yeah. Um, but like what you said before about longevity, what was, what was the name of that guy who did the longevity? David Sinclair, David Sinclair. If you haven't looked up the study, please do. But it was like the longest longevity. I've told this to all my friends at this point, And we've mentioned it before of how the single greatest indicator of longevity is the quality of your relationships. Yes. Even controlling for things like smoking and drinking and drug abuse the loneliest people in his study who didn't do those things still died sooner compared to people who did, but had, you know, a glass of wine with their best friends every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting part of the study about the importance of relationships and having, you know, friendships or relationships and, and, um, the other piece, I think there's, cause I just watched another one of his interviews with the, um, I forget the guy's name. He's got a podcast. He used to be a, a, a college, a collegiate football player. His name is skipping my mind right now. I want to say Huey, how, how something anyway. Um, he talked about on that particular when they, cause he interviewed David Sinclair mm-hmm. and David Sinclair said that, and also, which is this went counter to what I had always thought. He said, yes, it's important to eat healthy. He said, but now this is in mice, which which he said does translate into human. He said that mice that are fed doesn't matter. The food fed just less. They live twice as long as the ones that gorged. And I thought that was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like literally whatever you're eating now, 
just cut it in half, <laughs> you know, like oh, literally. Oh, don't tell me that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And and yeah, so you'll be proud of me because this is a big joke with me. So I used to do nachos every night. <laughs> nachos. So I don't. So I stopped doing it because I started gaining weight. And and you would not that you would have really noticed, but I could notice. Like mm -hmm. I noticed my shirts were, you know, my jeans were a little bit like I just yeah. was telling. I'm like, crap, man, I can't eat nachos every single night before I go to bed. <laughs> so I changed, and I changed to an all paleo diet. I basically eat chicken and veggies. That's all I eat: chicken and veggies, chicken and veggies, chicken and veggies, or protein and veggies. I mean, right. I eat eggs or whatever. Stop doing nachos at night. And there was only one way for me to do this. This mm -hmm. is funny. There's only one way. I just I don't buy it. Because yeah, if it's crazy. in my cabinet, it's, I'm going to eat it. It's just a matter of time at that point. When, right. you, when you try to put willpower into the equation, it's going to fail every time. Yep. So I don't even have it. If you look at my fridge and my freezer, all that's in there is chicken and veggies. That's it. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what's crazy. I feel great. My clothes are back to fitting good. Uh, and this is just for a week. Sammy, and you are glowing. I know. <laughs> I feel so much younger. Well, it's like I got the thing. It was funny. I was laughing at myself because friends don't let friends do nachos. <laughs> I remember one night. So this is last night, not last night, last night, but like the last night I did nachos. I'm eating the nachos. It's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Here I am making nachos. And I, I was like, I have to stop doing this. And I remember I used all the chips and I was like, okay, this is all the chips and all the cheese. This is it. Enjoy it because this is the last plate of nachos you're going to have for a while, buddy. And uh, and sure enough, I did it. And so I went to the grocery store and I'm laughing because I went by the chip aisle. <laughs> and I was like looking over like kind of longingly. Like, I'll buy you guys again one day. And I will always <laughs> love you. Well, and it was so funny. But I do feel better. Good. Because it's, it's basically all comes down to a numbers game. Like each person has like a set number of their total daily energy expenditure, like a set number of calories based on their activity level that they spend. And if you eat under that, you'll lose weight. If you eat over that, you'll gain weight. And yeah. if you eat at that level, let's say it's 2000 calories, you'll stay the same weight. Yeah. It's just a numbers game. Some people do paleo or vegetarian or all these different diets. It's not the diet doesn't matter. It's just you're eating fewer calories as oh, a result. Right. And you're going under that, your daily energy expenditure and you're losing weight and you're feeling better. Yeah. That's why a lot of people like my dad, he started doing intermittent fasting, AKA just skipping breakfast. Right. One fewer meal, fewer calories. He feels way better. Just yeah. picking up the four, like, no, put it back down. Yeah. Yeah. I changed to uh, that intermittent fasting a lifestyle where I don't eat mm -hmm. my breakfast, you know, breaking my fast. I don't do that until close to lunchtime, even though I, it'll be breakfast foods typically like eggs and veggies or whatever. <laughs> but then I'll now, since I'm not doing nachos at night, I stop eating. I don't do another meal after like seven or eight. Um, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, if I do eat after eight, rather than the nachos, I'll do like a handful of carrots or, you know, a handful of, of almonds or something. Lame. I know, I know, but man, I'm 52. It's like, it feels I, good. I, I, I do, I feel great. And, you know, and I, I take pride in, 
and you know not looking my age no i'm just giving you a hard but that's that's awesome yeah the thing is is like it's not about deprivation either it's not like i forbid myself to eat nachos or ever it's just like having a better relationship with food like removing guilt from the equation like i can go get a quart of ice cream just throw the lid away like i don't need that and just go to town like i don't care like everyone's like at work or i know people who are like oh i'm trying to be good i don't want those donuts like we moralize food yeah and like this is donuts are bad and chicken and veggies are good well no it's just food right you know just if you can separate the morality from the food yeah you can start to have a much healthier relationship with it i'll tell you what i've had some good donuts in my life (laughs) no one of the best donuts i've ever had was maple bacon something it was it was unreal Mm. like bacon like real bacon chunks like i met god at this point literally i was like jesus is real (laughs) this is real because he created this um all right let's switch gears just a little bit just because i i love your perspective on life when it comes to um you know quote unquote what's right what's wrong Mm -hmm. and when it it comes to religion and spirituality because you're you know you you believe what you believe but you're also open and you clearly because you you come to the community that that i (laughs) teach at so and you know we've had everybody in there talking about everything and anything as it relates to spirituality what why do you feel that you have your beliefs but you're you're so open like what why is that important Mm. to you to to not be so rigid and dogmatic and narrow-minded though you're a believer in jesus and, and it seems that a lot of people that are believers in Jesus think that Buddha is of the devil. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're real rigid about it right. and dogmatic. Like, no, Jesus is the only way. If you don't say his name, you're going to burn in hell. Right. So it's like you believe in Jesus, but yet you're open. What's up with that? So with my beliefs, I don't, I'm not attached to my beliefs. And what I mean by that is like, I don't have to have it be a certain way. Like the reason I'm, wanting to go to your mercy community. That's how I met you is because, Oh, this person, he's so exposed, like different ideas. Cause I've seen the effects it has. If you just rigidly stay in your lane um, and how damaging that can be. Like I know many, many people who have suffered as a result of that and, or have suffered as a result of people trying to convince them one way is the right way. So, for myself, I don't want to add suffering to people's lives. And one way I do that is not by not rigidly holding on to my beliefs. Like, yeah, I'm, I could be wrong and that's yeah. fine. And like coming as a sign is like, you've had, you know, energy healers, breath workers. Um, I know you have a Buddhist coming and what, as well as like some, former evangelical past, like with Fred Heron, like all these ideas are phenomenal. Like not each particular one isn't necessarily the end all be all truth, but it's like, I can appreciate a breathwork. Like I'm a scientist, like energy crystals is a little woo woo to me. Like I'm a little allergic to that stuff for a long time, but the way my belief system is there are aspects of that, that I can appreciate. Like, right stopping like being in tune with your body like meditating and actually getting to the root of what actually is the problem 
Right. Like that tool is if I rigidly held in my belief, oh, if I just pray and pray hard enough, Jesus will fix me. That won't actually solve the problem no, at all. Not. So you know that's Christians why Christians do that. And- right. It's like I'm not willing to close the doors on anything, really. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I still believe in Jesus is that based on all the like the religions out there it's all about mankind doing something trying to earn back the favor of god like do follow these rituals follow these rules and you can maybe gain favor back of a god who has found you to be unclean and do these things whereas in christianity and jesus that's like that's the only religion that's the only religion i've ever heard of where there is god trying to meet us at our level yeah to come find us and that instead of us trying to work and trying to earn our way to find him right. and i think that's just beautiful and that's why i hold on to that belief but i'm not going to you know bash homosexuals and all this other baggage that comes along with that yeah yeah and i find i find that the story of jesus to to be beautiful like mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's a powerful story now you know, whether, whether it's what it is exactly as I was taught growing up or not, oddly, it's still a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Like I still love the teachings of Jesus, whether he was actually God or just a prophet or just enlightened, just a rabbi. I mean, he was a rabbi, but yeah. just a teacher, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's yeah. been debated for thousands of years, right. right? That, you know, the, the, the divinity of mm-hmm. Jesus and and for me it's that's just not required in the belief for me and but i'm also like you i could be wrong maybe he was mm-hmm. god you know maybe maybe not though too like i i think somehow i don't know what you know <laughs> i had a friend say this they're like maybe you have a brain tumor and that's what <laughs> <laughs> messed you up spiritually so but it's I don't more feel like you removed a brain tumor. Honestly, that's what I feel like. I feel like I removed this brain tumor because in my personal view, nobody knows. Right. That the, the reality is even the Christian that thinks, well, the Bible says, okay, let's just be really, just be really honest with each other. Okay. God didn't write the Bible. Okay. You, we can both agree on that. We, we everybody right. knows God didn't actually write it. Men, specifically men, like with penises, actually wrote it. And there's a lot of fucked up shit in the Bible, <laughs> right? It encourages slavery and the degradation of women, the superiority of men. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that's pretty funky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe there's some stuff that maybe there's a little bias in there. Maybe, maybe. you know. Yeah. Or misinterpretation. Right. Like people like Fred have spent their entire lives, academic careers interpreting like what is the context about this yep. and it's still up for debate now yep. but no john out in middle of missouri has it figured out you know this is the truth yeah this is whatever yeah um and that's yeah that's what that's why i don't hold on to my beliefs too strongly yeah. because you're not your beliefs exactly you are luke that has beliefs you're not your beliefs so if science would then disprove a belief you can easily let go of it then. right it's like i don't i'm not attached to these beliefs yeah i like, like that 
Right. So going back so like going back to the Mercy community, I found it to be one reason why I appreciate it so much. It's also the most challenging spiritual place I've ever been. It's everywhere else I've gone. It's you go to church, shake hands friendly with people, then you sit down passively just absorb a message and then leave and don't do anything about it. But I like at, at the Mercy community we go to, yeah, there's not a lot of people there, but that's probably because it's work in a way. Like, like we talk about these ideas and then it's like, okay, what do you think about this? I'm just like, Oh my, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for this, but here's what I like think at yeah. the moment. And it's, it's been uncomfortable a lot of times yeah. and I don't really I've never really felt uncomfortable at other churches before. It's just like, oh yeah, passively, I feel good about myself. Whatever, we're doing great. But yeah, Mercy's like, oh, I can. I need to think a little more critically about this particular aspect. Like, for example, Fred was a guest speaker last Sunday, and he talked about one of the most famous stories in the Bible, the story of the Samaritan. Yeah, I hadn't really listened or cared about that story since I was a little kid, and it's like, oh. Two people ignored the poor Samaritan who was robbed on the side of the road and, and until, um, or no, no, I, I got that. I got that mixed up. A man was beaten on the side of the road. Two priests walked by until a Samaritan came and helped him. And it's like a story like, no matter who, who it is, you know, you should help him. But Fred Hell put it into the historical context. Like this is the equivalent of a black guy in the middle of um, Jim Crow South helping a beat up white guy, taking him to a hospital in the middle of Georgia. Right. And paying all his money to make sure this stranger was safe through. And it, it hit a little differently in that way. Like, Oh, this, the risk of this person was going into is way deeper. And, and I, it, I felt like uncomfortable listening to that story in a way. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the other things as well, but I'm like, yeah, I'm so curious though about, all these different ideas you're introducing that I never would be exposed to otherwise. Yeah. And I'm telling other people about this and they're just like, looking at me and we're like, like what? Okay. A <laughs> breath worker, a energy, whatever. Cool. That's great, Luke. <laughs> but like, no guys, really, it's really cool. It's awesome. We all laid down and breathed real hard and fast. It was, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It was a good experience. I, it I was. really enjoyed it. Of course I've done a lot of breath work. So mm -hmm. I was, you're a pro at this point. I was, well, I was very aware of, you know, how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, like I really appreciate all the different perspectives. It is like, that's one of my favorite things to do is just like talk about these perspectives with yeah. people and not in a convincing right type of way. Yeah. They're just, you know, I've lived long enough now at this point, just realize that no one person has it all figured out. You know I mean? That, and, and like you said, you know, some, some random guy in, in the middle of, you know, Hayes, Kansas is like got the, corner market on all truth and God mm -hmm. and the way of salvation right. and what heaven looks like exactly. And all this like, <laughs> okay. Like I, I just, I can't, I just can't, you know, like I, it's hard for me to have conversations with people like that when they just, they think they have it all figured well, it's out. It's not a conversation no, at that point. No, no, it's, it's them trying to convince you and decreasing your peace as right. a result. Well, I like, like, again, we've both said it and I, I love that phrase. I could be wrong. Like, yeah. and here's what, here's what I would love right-wing fundamental evangelical Christians to understand and how they would be much more palatable to me 
is if they said, I believe Jesus is the truth of life and the way I believe Jesus came and died. He was born of a virgin, but I could be wrong. Like just that. I mean, not if they said it just to be, to say it, but I mean, if they literally believe like, I mean, I believe this to be true, but it might not be true. Maybe, maybe this is all a myth and maybe Jesus was a picture or a type of like, just, you know what I mean? Like if you can't factually prove something, then, then it is a matter of faith, you know? So for me, when people believe that, I don't care if you, I don't care that you believe that, like, because that's a matter of faith. That's okay. Like if you believe in Jesus in a way that's different than I do, oh my gosh, that's a matter of faith. I'm totally, I accept that for you, Mm -hmm. but accept it for me that I see it differently or how I look at it is different. Um, and like you said, I, I, I value conversation so much and I value different people's perspective. Like I used to say, uh, people go, do you believe in reincarnation? And I would say, nope, because the Bible says to die is to, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And you just, you know, you die and you're instantly would get, like, no Bible says this. So absolutely. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Well, now people say, do you believe in, in reincarnation? I say, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not aware of dying and coming back and no one is. And if they tell you they have, then that doesn't mean that they really did. It just means, you know, people have said they've seen ghosts and talked to Bigfoot. I mean, there's a lot of things that people yeah. say. Um, so I don't, I don't take any of that to heart either. You know, I just don't. When people say I've been, I've gone back to all my past lives. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, like, cool. <laughs> tell me uh, more. Tell me more. I mean, that's cool. You know, and what I think is maybe, 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 maybe not. Yeah, you know? that's true. Know. So, I think a lot of the times these conversations, they devolve into like, I'm right, you're wrong. Let me try to convince you why. Let me try to convert you or whatever. Like that breaks down actual understanding of the other person because that's what we're all trying to do is like trying to convince someone is just increasing their suffering as a result. Like no one goes, likes talking with a car salesman at the lot. No one likes being stopped by the people at the mall trying to convince you to do something yeah. you know but a lot of the cases like in your case when the right wing fundamentalist evangelical christians are like going extreme in your way all it does is push the person they're trying to convince further away and the opposite is also true of like science is god how could you believe this not this fairy in the god or this fairy in the sky giving miracles how could you believe that well i'm just gonna convince it's just going to drive the other person in their corner more. There's no. Right. And going back to what you asked me about my beliefs is that I can take recipes like everyone has their own recipe. I could take ingredients out of all these different types of ideas and incorporate that into my own system. Like I can take this part of breathwork. I can take this part of Christianity. I can take this part of Buddhism out. I could take this part of atheism out of science out. Yeah. And it all and but when you lead to try to convincing and that causes breakdowns in conversations when you're just screaming at each other that's why like the vaccine trials for example all these i've seen like tiktoks videos of doctors basically insulting people who don't want to get the vaccine i'm like that's the most horrible if you're going to just insult someone's intelligence like that's the worst way to go about it right 
And the same is like, oh, how, or I've heard of people like screaming at their grandparents or parents, like, how could you get the vaccine? It's all, you're just a sheep. Like both it's wrong. Both sides are extreme and ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if let's say trying to convince you convert, what if I switch a word and say coerce? Right. What if I try to coerce you into doing that? That's not consent. That's, that's actual assault with someone. Right. So whenever I like I'm explaining something, it's usually to increase the other person's understanding, usually because they're curious and they ask me first. Sure, and I'm sure. like, yeah, I'll be happy to explain it to you if you want. But if not, I'm not going right. to try to convince you otherwise. Yeah. And I've always I, and I think, again, that's probably been another part of my journey is I'm very curious. Mm. You know, I. I uh, yeah, this journey, if anything, has caused me to just be curious, you know. And that's great. That's great. I, I never, I never knew it. you before. I never met evangelical Timmy. Oh, I've seen would photos. Not have liked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you might have, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, I want to go off into a little bit of a thought um, experiment, a little, okay. bit of, a little bit of crazy town here because it's, it's been like, I see it everywhere. Everybody's doing their podcasts on it. Everybody, I see all these YouTube videos on it. And it's the whole, you know, UFO, mm. alien, you know, Mars, Perseverance rover, looking for life. One of the things that has come up, so much so that I've seen a shit ton of pastors <laughs> addressing that, you know, if we find aliens, it won't change my faith. <laughs> and I'm like, the fucking hell it won't. <laughs> and here's how, and here's what I think is interesting. Because I think, because I have really given this a lot of thought, actually. What if we do find uh, aliens, you know, and especially an advanced alien mm-hmm. or advanced life, you know, whatever, or, or human life, you know, on another planet, another, mm-hmm. whatever, if that, if that ever happens, what I would find just fascinating it, to know is what's, one is religion even a part of that world and if it is what is what is that religion mm-hmm. right and if they had a savior who is like that would savior? the aliens would their religion be just like ours well that's what i would find fascinating luke because if again i'm just thought experiment right we find planet xr 55 whatever we find intelligent life there there's a society and their savior is Ugabuga. Ugabuga. I'll praise Ugabuga. Yeah, there's only one way to heaven, and it's Ugabuga. And you know, like Earth, right? The majority of the people on that planet all believe in Ugabuga, but there's all these different variations of it, just like you know, similar. Yeah. So what does that do then to this message that we the religions that we have here? Right. Like if they have a different way of salvation, then because in my mind, I'd be like, well, evangelicals would feel like it's their right to, to witness <laughs> to, to go, these aliens, to, to get con- them to know that one true God, it's Jesus. And you guys are believing to go Ooga convince Booga. them. Yeah, that you're our, wrong. It's not Ooga Booga. Right. It's Jesus. It's not Ooga Booga. Ooga Booga. You know what I mean? Because that's exactly what Christianity has done here in, in this world is Buddhism. Buddhism is wrong. Islam is wrong. Hindus are wrong. Everybody's wrong except for Christians that have the truth. The one true religion is Christianity and is Jesus. 
and anything other than that is wrong and you're going to go to hell. So if that is what they believe and we discover life on another planet and they have another savior, that's going to fuck things up in what they believe. All right, we're back after our little our little break. Uh, so Uga Booga, Uga Booga versus Jesus. I'll praise, I'll <laughs> praise Uga Booga. <laughs> you know, again, I know this is just crazy, you know, thought experiment, as they say. I think that's what they call this kind of stuff when you have conversations and just let your brain just open wide up. What if? What if? So, you know, what if we find life on other planets? You know, what if they have a whole, whole nother system of beliefs, a system of salvation, a system of after uh, afterlife or a system like, you know, all these different beliefs could be so contrary, right? How would that affect our religion, our beliefs and faith? You think it would rock people to their cores. I mean, if that came out the case, even like I would be freaked out a little bit, honestly, if they had, if other people, if other aliens exist at Ooga Booga and they, Praise Uga Booga and whatnot. But one shift that might occur, and we mentioned this a little bit off mic, is that Christianity may flip and like dig in the heels like and interpret the Bible in a way that includes aliens as well and try to explain it that way. Um, or what happens is they try to witness to us and do the same right. thing. No, like, oh, we're it's trying not to, Jesus. It's Uga Booga. We're trying to save these poor savages. <laughs> I know it would, it would, if people's faith is this house that they've built for themselves, like this identity, this truth, the Bible is how I interpret it is my foundation. If that foundation was disrupted by a sentient race contacting us, praising Uga Booga, a lot of foundations would crumble and it would be chaos. I think so. In the faith world. It would be, I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine what they would do. Yeah. Either they would try to convince us otherwise, or they would basically like, all right, I give up. Let's, and have a complete mental breakdown. Yeah. Or they would just have peace with it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a fascinating thought because I, I think I, and I think, I don't know if you said this on mic or when we went off mic, cause we talked quite a bit, a little bit there for a minute, but like I told you for mm -hmm. me, if it was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is a myth and it, it's not, he's not, he wasn't a real person and that the teachings that we've given to Jesus were like any other story, like Superman or Thor or like it was proven beyond a shadow or, of a doubt that it was made by a former king hundreds of years ago. Right. Yeah. There was some undeniable fact that we found that out. Well, I it wouldn't change my values, and it wouldn't even change the idea that I love the message of Jesus or the message that's been adapted to G or you know said that this is what Jesus said. It just wouldn't change anything for me. It just wouldn't. It's like, it's like the idea, I don't know. I, I don't know how and why I feel this way, but it literally, if they came out on the news and said, we've discovered da, 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 I'd be like, whoa. Like, wow. But it wouldn't literally, right. if I was like, oh, they're for sure, they've proven for sure there is no heaven, there is no hell, whatever. 
I wouldn't then just go fucking hey, I'm going to go kill people and finally. rape people. And finally I can fuck people up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is the, what I've been waiting for. <laughs> now I can be my true self. <laughs> no, it literally would not change. My values would be the same. I would live the same and would still value the, the teachings of forgiveness and kindness and grace and mercy. And the, like, it wouldn't change anything for me, but man, that's not true of a lot of people that I know. Right. If, if Jesus, if it was proven to be a made up story, that would hurt a lot and it would hurt a lot of people. And it would, there'd be a lot of denial at first. Right. And there'd be like, there's no way, like thousands of years, like all these people believe it. There's like, there's no way this could be the case. But if all these people were convinced, there's overwhelming evidence, like it's as obvious as the sky is blue, um, then I think a, a lot of people would become unhinged and like, okay, the only thing, the one thing I believed in my life was that Jesus exists, then now they would... I mean, it's impossible. It's like, it's hard to even wrap my mind around know, that idea, know. you know? Like it would, it would definitely surprise me. But I think the biggest question, Mark, is that the fundamental belief of Christianity is like, I do these things, I'm going to go to heaven. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Then what the fuck's the point here? You know, nothing right. I do matters at all. Yeah. Like I did, I gave a, I'm, I was celibate. I never drank. I never smoked. I never had. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lame nerd. Yeah. Live a fucking life. Yeah. Anyway, that's another topic. But yeah, I think that would be the, or the you know, flip flip of that is that, oh, all these awful people that existed, Hitler, Stalin, Kim Jong-un, all these people, same fate as mother Teresa, same fate as all these kind people, you know? No, it would feel like there's no justice in the world. There's no reward. I thought of that. Yeah. I think that's what. See, that's the only time I want hell to exist. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like for that fucking motherfucker Hitler, yeah. <laughs> I want his ass burning. Not, no, no <laughs> compassion, no sympathy there. No, really. no. Fuck that guy. Yeah. That's what I would struggle with the most is just like. So that's when that, yeah, that's, that's when you want hell to exist, right? For child molesters. Fuck those guys. Yeah. They need to be fucked up the ass for eternity. Right. Like those, the like Chris Hansen, um, those predators, when it's, it's so satisfying. You go on the internet and you find all these awful people. Yeah. It's like justice porn in a way when you see right. that happen. Right. And when that, and then when it doesn't matter, I yeah. think is what I would struggle with the most sure. or there's no reward at the end. But, I go say it shouldn't change how you live your life. And see, that's currently. That's, you know? I've never thought of this like this before, Luke. That's why I wanted to bring this up to you because I knew we would have a little fun discussion. Yeah. For me, because you know, I don't really, I don't really, I'm I, and I could be wrong. I don't really lean towards believing in, in a heaven or hell necessarily. Mm -hmm. I believe that we can create heaven or hell right here and right now. Right. And I have a responsibility to my fellow humans. I I believe in. I really do believe in the human race. There's one race of people. Yeah. That includes, right, all, if you're human, then you're a part of my race. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. we're all together in this. And, you know, this planet is a living, breathing organism. Um, so I believe in the whole idea of karma, meaning if you if you do good to people, then 
good will come back to you. Not, not always like I do good. The good always comes back. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit happens to everybody, of course, but I just believe that even if there, even if there is no heaven, there is no hell, how I live every day matters because I'm a part of something much greater than myself. And that doesn't have to be God for me. I mean, I believe in God, but like if it was proven that it, there was no God or whatever, I would, it, you'd go out of your I, way to make your life now. Yeah, We as human meaningful. race are God then. In right. Words, if yeah, I would be okay with that. Like, yeah, I'm I right. just, I'm so okay with that. Even though I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but I'm also aware that maybe, you know, like we're, we're like you're present. Like we need to make heaven on earth now. now. Yes. Like we, it's not like, Oh, well, like Jehovah's witness or whatever, like, Oh, none of this matters. We're just biding our time until we go to heaven. See, I, I, I hate, I hate a strong word. I despise that view, you know, like right. there's an old, old spiritual song, uh, in the sweet by and by la 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 la. It's about longing to be in the sweet by and by. I forget how the words go exactly, or I'd sing it, but it's basically that, you know, right here, we're all living in a shithole, this, ex this experience. Mm. But what I can't wait for is heaven. Fuck yeah. that. It's like, none of this matters if I'm just going to go to heaven later. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, as you can tell, I have a strong dislike for that belief that I'm just waiting for the sweet by and by. No, fuck the sweet by and by. What I have is right fucking now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I because if I've, God made the earth, isn't it our responsibility to treat it and each other as best we can? Absolutely. Yeah, there's too much. This was a thing we used to say in the Christian church: is that they're too heavenly minded; they're no earthly good. Or people say, "Well, you're they're they're so earthly minded; they're no they're no heavenly good." It's like that's the fucking stupidest mm. ass fucking quote I've ever heard in my whole life. That is absolutely ridiculous. What matters, and I don't. I mean, and I would say I don't think this is just me. Like this is just my opinion. No, what matters is right fucking now. That's what matters because that's all we have. I don't have the past. The past is fucking done. I can't do anything about it. Right. I can't change it. Now I can learn from it, but I can't change it. So fuck it. I, I'm not going to be sad about it. It is what it is. Mm. I can't change it. You can't drive. I can't fucking predict the future either. Uh, all I can be in control of is right now. And the best bet I have in a good future is doing something awesome right now. So, you know, when people talk about living you know, with the heaven on their mind, fuck that. I'm going to live right now. And the reason I live with values or morals or whatever you want to call it is because that is all I've got right now. Like I don't want to fucking kill people or rape people because <laughs> I love humans and I don't want to wrong anybody, whether there's a God or not, that yeah. doesn't matter. I do believe in God, but that doesn't, that God's not what keeps me living. Right. Right. It's it's, you can incorporate his messages into your values. Absolutely. Without having to, like base your entire identity off of that. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like you said, maybe there, maybe there, and then that's, you're probably right. Maybe some people would just come unhinged, but in my, because he, the toxic park, what I think is toxic about the real conservative evangelical movement is the person that you reference, right? The person that's, you know, not drinking, not smoking, not cussing, not masturbating, not having sex, not doing all the stuff that's like thinking they need God to created us to fuck and if you think that he didn't 
you're mistaken, right? I mean, well, again, whether there's a God or not, we are created this way. You're supposed to, even the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. So I have a, I have a friend and he, it, and he listens to the podcast sometimes. So I won't say his name, but I have a friend. Was that, it me? Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend. His name is this. Uh, I have a friend that, you know, went through a divorce and he's been divorced now for a while. He's uber Christian. And so he's been living, you know, celibate for like eight years or six years, however many years it has been. <laughs> and now I don't say this to him directly just because if that's his conviction and that his belief, you stay a fucking celibate celibate and until you get married, if that's what you want to do. But what makes my heart kind of sad for him is that you're, you're going to die one day. And if you don't end up getting married, you're going to die and find out you've deprived you, yourself of I one of been, life's joys. Yeah. I could have been engaged in intimacy with someone I cared about outside of marriage and it would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. You totally could have because you died and they're the God that you were, were believing in created you with a fucking penis that you could have been using well, the, well here's the difference is like why why are you doing this like why is he wanting to be celibate is he doing this because like he really wants to but he can't because of yes god because he thinks it's it would be a it would violation be a sin. of it'd be sin because it's different it's like it would be not living god's best and it wouldn't be he wouldn't be saving himself for this special person that god's gonna uh, bring him and so he, it's like he's being true to this special mystery woman because he thinks in his mind will also be saving herself for him it's just gonna it's it'll happen perfectly but it's different but if he decided like you know what i'm gonna be celibate for a while because i just need time to figure out who i am what That's my values cool. are and what yeah, i want that like, would be cool yeah i respect that me too but if you're depriving yourself for no reason going against your like your core values because you think someone tells you it's someone else someone outside your own control tells you it's that wrong. god smiles on celibacy frowns on and whatever that would be called I don't premarital sex right or whatever right yeah it's yeah that's definitely the damaging right damaging that's the believing the lie that's why when i think about seeking truth i that issue right i was raised that way it was tormenting right every fucking time i had sex as a teenager i felt guilty like terrible guilt every time i masturbated i felt guilt now i'm a single man 52 and you know i've had sex since i've been divorced you right? what <laughs> i know don't tell anybody <laughs> and zero there's no guilt i feel wonderful <laughs> i love it and want to do it again and <laughs> will do it again when i meet that special someone so but i'm not going to wait till i'm fucking married um only because god if there is a god which i believe there is we were cre i'm created how i'm created and i desire intimacy sex and as long as it's consensual and they want to have sex with me and i want to have sex with them and you know where i'm at now in my life is that you know I want to like the person. You know? mm -hmm. I'm not just randomly meeting people on the street going, Hey, it's not mutual masturbation. Like, right. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think everybody should experience it and all that. But again, like you said, if that's his, just his personal conviction, 
Um, and I never give him shit about it because it's his personal conviction. And yes, he has that conviction because of his religious beliefs. And that's fine. If he wants, I mean, if he wants to believe that again, maybe I don't think God really gives a shit about what we do with our TTs, but, uh, maybe, you know, maybe God really does care. I don't think, you know I mean? Like, I just can't imagine that he gives a shit no. with what we do with our TTs. Uh, I know it's one thing that what's always really confused me. It's like, yes, Jesus loves you. No matter who you are, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. No matter what you've done. Actually, here's this <laughs> list of rules you need to do based on what we tell you to do. And otherwise, Oh, then, then I'll start fearing for your mortal soul. If you're not living according to these rules, but you just said that Jesus loves me and I'm going to heaven for free. Essentially. Is that true? Yes, that's true. But, but rules exist. Why? Because sex outside marriage makes me feel uncomfortable. So you should be uncomfortable too. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you put that. (laughs) Right. Like why, or like, why do you like, why do you think this way? You know, like I would, Okay, so if like, but the Bible says, okay, where in the Bible says this? And then well, that's, that's, and then you go, but, it. it does not actually say that specifically, right? Yeah. So, I mean, don't tell anyone, but I live with my girlfriend. We're not married right, right now. <gasps> I know, right? <sighs> I won't tell anybody. And we've tried to be convinced before that you guys, you guys, are you not going to commit? Are you not going to like, well, no, like I love her. Like she means the world to me. She's the most important person in my life. What I've realized is like, I don't have bitterness towards these people. Like they are raised the way they were raised. I'm thinking, well, of course you're going to believe the way you are. If I was in that situation, I'd be the same way, you know? Absolutely. So instead, like I have compassion for their, for them. Like, and all I can do is explain my current situation, like, and I'm not trying to shame them for believing what they believe, but right. it's, or to prove them wrong. Because one thing I've learned is that really, in their mind, when they're judging us or judging me for what I do or judging you for what they do, it's really what they're saying is, "I'm uncomfortable with that." Right. In in real life, I was out, you know, having consensual sex with other people outside of marriage. That makes me uncomfortable. So I'm going to project that onto you or you're living with your girlfriend. I'm going to project that onto you. Right. Um, And the reason they feel uncomfortable is it is probably because in their life, when they're growing up, their parents pushed their desires onto them and now they're pushing their desires onto their kids. And so they never really interrogate where this comes from. It's like if your friend who, who wants to be celibate, if he would, I'd be really too important to just keep digging and digging. Okay. You want to be celibate? Oh, cause the Bible says this. Oh, really? Where does it say that? And like, and come at him with an air of curiosity and understanding Yeah. without a shred of judgment in your right. voice. It's like when you genuinely want to learn about someone and, and ask them, eventually they'll come to their own conclusion. Like, Oh, well, maybe I should. I can't even articulate my own point. Right. And that goes back circling back to your point before of what if Jesus was not right or wasn't real like why doesn't what if religion is wrong 
is that if you really dig down and keep going and going and going, like, why do I believe this? Right. You know? And what I was getting at before is what values am I, I had a, I had a train of thought there and I lost it right oh, there. That's fine. Well, while you're, while you're thinking, so I, I think that we, I, I listened to a podcast recently that said everything that you believe and everything that you think, you know, and even a lot of your desires and wants and all that stuff are all a product of your environment. Absolutely. Like if you were born on an island, and of course, I mean, this is very hypothetical, right? You're right. Born on an island. On a deserted island. Right. With no television, no network, no social media, no nothing. She would not be the same person. No, no way. You know what I mean? You'd be completely, all you would care about is food shelter and reproduction right and there would be no we've got to get married first before we <laughs> because god would be no th that would not that 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 but christians sometimes feel like oh yeah no god would come and he would reveal himself to you so there's actually a, it yeah it's 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 a meant a lot of mental gymnastics associated with that so there's actually a village of people that i'm really in like fascinated by that live south of india and they're basically the exact same situation you're described they basically remained untouched by modern society their entire existence anyone who approaches this island is approached with extreme hostility so no one understands their language they don't understand their customs they just know they exist there and i'd be really really curious to understand like what their beliefs are right because it's i mean there's video evidence of them like they clothe themselves. It's not, they're not just naked or whatever. So they have some desire to do that. I'd be curious where that came from. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. Or their social structure or anything like that. Right. Um, but circling back to your point about everyone's a product of their environment, then yeah, then I can only have compassion for people because of course they're going to act this way. Right. Cause we're not really I don't know if this is the right phrase, but I don't, we're not really fully free, meaning free more like, no, I'm believing what I believe because that's, that's what I believe. No, no but <laughs> you believe what you believe because your parents, your environment, what you read, what you watch, what you listen to your friends, like all those things shape you. And if you don't think so, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> I, I mean, you're just a fucking moron. You just don't, you just don't have that understanding. Like I, yeah. I think about that sometimes. Like, why do I, believe in jesus is it just because i happened to be born to two parents who wanted me to go to church right and and, and on one hand there's nothing wrong with that exactly, right? i yeah. believe in jesus and i clearly have given myself permission not to um and after i you know not necessarily weighed the evidence per se because there's not really a lot of evidence necessarily for jesus outside the bible mm. uh, but i still choose to believe and have faith you've interrogated your own beliefs right right and what what do i feel adds to my life what do i feel doesn't add to my life you know and so believing that jonah was swallowed by a fish and lived in the belly of a fish for three days like <laughs> Probably not, you know, probably not, you know, but maybe, but probably not. And it doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. Um, it's a great story regardless. It's right. a great story. I love the story, but it doesn't have to be true for me to, 
appreciate it. No, right. It doesn't have to be true. Um, and I guess I just have, I've gotten to that with everything in my life. That doesn't have to be true for me to be a good human. You know, I don't, God is not what keeps me from killing people. Right. You know? So what is then what is truth? Like you don't need Jesus. You don't need religion to be true, to live according to your values. Right. Then what, then what truth? This is good. This, I think this is true. This life here, interactions with other humans and, and being good, you know, and I know the good and bad argument, but you know, doing not harming, harming, yeah, not harming others, being kind and generous and forgiving and full of love and compassionate. Like all those things are still valuable. Now, all those things come to me, came to me probably through the Christianity message. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm so grateful and thankful for my heritage. Right. Um, but it's, but my belief is not so strongly that uh, in where it came from, my belief is in the practice. So if this, if the way that I live, my practice of compassion and love and forgiveness, if where I was always told that came from, if that ended up not being real, then I'm like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. The practice of, of living that way is it's like, still, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to no, stop meditating. No, I'm not going to. No, it wouldn't change in that. Yeah. If there was like, no, there's definitely no God. We, it's a fact. I'm like, like I said, if aliens appeared and said, yeah, guys, we're, you're from the, the this you know solar system we actually shot an asteroid to this planet and seeded this i'd be like oh wow okay <laughs> like no shit you're just an experiment right for, to I, us. like it literally it just wouldn't i wouldn't cry like it, i just would i'd be like oh well okay because your foundation of like who you are as a person the foundation where you come from is based on something different then that's it's like the difference between externalities and internalities like you don't need the, an external validation no which i think is very powerful yeah well thank you i i don't know how i got here right maybe it's the brain tumor thing i don't know it's just it's a very weird place for me to be and it's only it only becomes more weird to me when i encounter an evangelical fundamental, like, you know, literalist, just how far I've come. You know, I'm just like, wow, I used to believe that way. Like my brain still, like you could ask me a question and I could answer you with an evangelical answer as a reflex, as a reflex. I could be like, like, like you can't not right, think of that answer. At this right. Point. I could think of the answer of what I could tell you. So that's why my brain, it's such an interesting conversation with myself all the time. Like, well, you know, well, what about this? Well, that, you know, the devil, he's deceived our that minds. programming. Da, 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 da. Right. It's all there. Deep. Very deep. Yeah. And of course, because I said something to somebody the other day and then I answered my own question. I said, well, I know, you know, I don't believe in the devil. And I could hear what their brain was saying is that's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. <laughs> the devil's that, greatest myth <laughs> is that is convincing people he doesn't exist. I, I know that, right? I've heard that a million times. I think it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, but I know it. I know that's what Christians would say. Of course, the devil doesn't want you to believe in him. Uh, okay. Well, that, Then what that, does that mean? It's like, whatever. I don't yeah. think that's where... 
where evil comes from is this evil entity named the devil. I I don't I just don't believe in it. Um I think evil is just a part of humanity. You know, people can bring love and light and kindness or mm-hmm. they can bl- bring darkness and corruption and and they're selfish and you know, I mean yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and just part of the human condition. Yeah. In that part. Yeah, just like cavemen, you know. I mean, I believe cavemen, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm totally hypothetical, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure they clubbed people, you know, you killed that animal and I want that animal. And so I'm going to club you so I can take that animal and that's food. And, or there's, there's a woman there like, huh, must mate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Club, <laughs> club and mate. <laughs> Dating has uh, changed a little bit. A since. little bit. That man. Yeah. That'd be a much easier back <laughs> in the caveman days. I want her, but then just go take her. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Well, dude, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything we need to button up that you, you're going to go do some research on serving Uga Booga. <laughs> I'm going to go witness to the masses now. No, thank you so much, Timmy. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you these past, this past year. Yeah. And share your, share ideas with you Yeah, and be open and not have beliefs, but not attach myself and hold them too, too intensely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Luke, I appreciate it. Everybody listening. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to make a comment or anything like that, you can do that through my email, timmy at timmygibson.com. Peace out, everybody. Peace.